Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch. This is Webinars with Wendy. We've been doing a series of webinars now, and we're up to about 250. I think that's what this one is. Um, it's been great bringing all my guests to you, and I'm going to keep going. I've got um, Hilton Herbs coming next week, so we can talk about herbs for horses, and Ida Hammer's coming back. She's always a fab person to talk to, and um, we've got a bunch of other guests. We've got to nail them down. It's holiday season. It gets a little tougher, but we'll let you know what this what they're going to be. And just remember to subscribe to the Murdoch Method newsletter at murdochmethod.com so that you get the emails every Sunday so you know who the guests are and when we're going to have them. Today, my guest is one of my fave people, Laura Plunkett. And Laura and I met mm, four years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Four years ago out at Misty Meadows at Equine Learning Center on Martha's Vineyard. And we instantly became fast friends. And Laura has helped me talking to my animals when they needed a little guidance and um, and we've just had a blast together. And so this one here is uh, the basics of animal communication. I'm gonna turn it over to Laura so she can give you her little intro spiel and then we'll get going. Hi, Laura, awesome. thanks for joining me. And Wendy, um, before I talk about myself and I think we've done like seven or eight webinars together that I've loved every minute of it. Um, but you just sent out an email about the Patreon, Patreon, and you know, every webinar I'm saying to you, you're giving such a gift to the equine community. And every time I want some information, I can go to that, your page, your equine, Surefoot Equine page. And um, am I screwing that up? I hope not. Surefoot Equine. Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. Yep, you got it. YouTube channel. Yep. And there's so much value in what's there. So I just think us all chipping in to support it and I do I think it's just a no-brainer and also I'm just excited that you're keeping going because you're bringing such good people to us all so thank yeah, you and I'll, I'll pop the uh the link in the chat there yeah. once I find it here great <laughs> like and I'm looking at the names of some of the people here these are ringers like there's a lot of people watching this that already know a lot about animal communication and have beautiful beautiful relationships with their animals so this is exciting to see all of you here that's okay. Um, my it's great background. To have those, those regulars. That's that's the fun. It's part. great. <laughs> it's great. So I'm Laura Plunkett. Uh, I have been uh, working in intuition since I was 35, and teaching people how to get quiet in their mind, let everything else go, open up their sixth sense, get information. Um, my specialty is with animals. I absolutely love the moment where you feel that connection and you get to share yourself with an animal and the animal gets to share themselves with you, hopefully for the betterment of that animal and, and the help. So, you know, my mission being here today is to give everybody a chance for some practice while it, Wendy talks to her cat that we determined needs some help, needs saving. Well, well, <laughs> I'll explain the situation here in a moment, yes. <laughs> you'll understand. Um, you'll be able to follow along, but also this is open for you to ask any questions, nothing stupid. Um, it can be general or specific, and especially start thinking about what your blockers are, what gets in the way of you regularly feeling comfortable talking to your animals, because that's what we're here for today. And you know, and that's, that's such a big point that so many people feel like, oh, I can't, but it's, it's because they don't trust what they hear. Um, you know, that we get that self-doubt piece going and then that kind of gets in the way. Um, I've had the experience of animals yelling at me in a way so loudly, it was not avoidable. Um, so uh, 
it's if you if you ever haven't had that experience, you just need a stronger personality. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think I think you're bringing up a good point. So we asked who talks to their animals, right? And we've got yeah. all these people in the chat saying yes, but there's people who don't and haven't. And I would say the reasons that I encounter all the time is I um, I can't. I'm not an intuitive person. Mm -hmm. I don't have a quiet mind. I don't have the time. I would argue it's the most efficient way to spend your time. Cuts down on a lot of wasted time and a wasted vet bills and all of that. Um, and some is I don't trust what I get. So it's frustrating or I try really hard, but I don't get anything. So if that's you, those are all good things. If any of that you want me to talk more about, you can just put that in the chat. But I have, I completely understand how it can feel that way. And yet in my experience, everyone can do this. I and think it's a universal ability. I think sometimes it's harder for us to, because we have a relationship with our own animals, it's just like our own people. Sometimes it's harder to talk to the ones close to us and easier to talk to somebody else's. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why people get stuck is that um, there's too much uh, uh, emotion around it um, and so like, it's, it's always a great idea. Like whenever I've been to animal communication classes and stuff is like talking to somebody else's animals a little bit easier. Cause you don't have that um, emotional attachment or, or investment really is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll, um, and we can talk some about that because again, it really does still come down to quieting the mind. Yeah. Cause and, if you can um, pretend, if you can pretend you've never seen your animal before, if you can get to that point of true quiet and presence and curiosity, the empty teacup, you know, that story about um, whether you come, if you have a full teacup, if your mind is so full, then you can't take in anything more. Uh -huh, yeah. You can empty the teacup. If you can quiet your mind, anything can come in. So we can talk a little bit more more about that. And, and for anybody watching this webinar, especially afterward, when we post it, if you're skeptical about animal communication, I'm going to ask you how this thing works. It's called an iPhone. And, you know, I mean, I pick up my iPhone, I hit my WhatsApp app and I talk to somebody in Europe uh, or Australia or, or video chat. And it's like, how the heck does that work? There's no wires. So it's a frequency. And I think when we start to look at animal communication as tuning into the animal's frequency, just the way radio, tuning in a radio or tuning in your iPhone or whatever, then, then it helps those um, people who need a little uh, more convincing or just need to feel a little more like it's not so weird, which it isn't. Um, yeah. That, that, you know, if you can't explain that, then how, you know, and it works. And I think also verifying, we talk a lot about that validating what you get gives you confidence. So we can say, oh, I believe in it, but that's a little bit too loose. What you want to do is you want to practice and then go check out your answers. Um, and that will then show you, are you really doing it? Are you making it up? Is that thoughts? And that's fine. Sometimes you think you felt that your horse um, is hurt hurting in its back and then you go palpate and you've got nothing and they seem comfortable when you ride them and you're saying where did that come from that's okay that just means maybe you got you got sidetracked a little maybe that was a worry that came in but on the other hand if you get that feeling and you can remember exactly what it felt like um 
how you knew in a sense. And then you go out to your horse and you palpate and they dip their back. Then you remember, okay, that's the feeling I'm looking for. Do you see mm. what I mean? Yeah, so it's a little bit of trust. Um, trust, but verify. Like, exactly. trust what you're hearing and then see, does it fit with what I know? I mean, um, I, years ago, before I met you, Laura, I used to... Um, I used to be around different animal communicators and just like anybody, some of them are better than others. And some of them res I resonated with and what they told me made sense and it checked out. And other people I was like, uh, do you have the right horse? <laughs> um, and that's okay. That's just like any good practitioner. You want to find a good practitioner or, you know, practice being better at what you do so that, and verify the answer so that you get that comfort of, of, listening and then going, yeah, that really checks out. Um, also and- thinking your thinking mind will start to feel very different from your intuitive mind. So mm-hmm. once you start practicing those, those beautiful pearls of wisdom that you hear are going to feel just slightly different internally than your worries, your thoughts. He looked stiff yesterday. And so you're going to be able to go, Oh wait, that had the feeling and the location even. We can talk a little bit more about that, but so I'm seeing that people are writing in. I was going to say, I'm going to read some of these. It says, um, Kathleen says, I have difficulties connecting on demand, so to speak. And I can understand that. I often hear them if I'm just going about my day, what will help? My mind is quite quiet, but you know, I mean, that's, that's, um, I I totally get what she's saying that, that sometimes when we go to actually do this and we, we think we're quiet, they don't want to talk to us. But if we kind of leave them sort of around. Uh, I have a different take on it. So let me, okay, accept, let me, what comes to mind for me is that I bet when you're not looking for it, you have a more relaxed feeling or a little bit more receptivity. And you can certainly respond back and let me know if this is correct. But when you go to practice, there's a little more tightness, a little more tension because a, a good communicative animal is going to want to come when you're practicing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think it's um, what you bring to the practice. I am going to mention, I have a mini course. We've talked about it before. This is a new one that's on my website. And what that does is give you what we're going to do today. Um, so that you could just say to yourself, okay, three times a week, I'm going to spend 12 minutes or whatever and practice. And I think that's the key. Having something repetitive that leads you will help you get it to happen on demand. Yep. So Rhonda says, I tend to protect myself from letting the wrong idea into my mind when talking to my horse. Rhonda, can you say a little bit more about what you mean? Protect myself from the wrong idea. Um, You mean, yeah, Rhonda, do you mean from like your worry mind ideas, like your analytical trying to jump in there or um, she'll get back to us. The other thing is when you have multiple animals, (laughs) you do need to make sure you're talking to the correct animal. And I had a client write into me the other day and say, whenever she goes to talk to one of her animals, a neighbor's animal comes in and pushes in. And I was just saying, there's a little bit of a etiquette around it. You can say hello to the animal that's appealing to you that says, please listen to me. And you can listen for a moment, see what the deal is. And then say, could you step over here? You don't have to leave, but could you just stop so that um, you kind of park them and then you can start with your own animal or the target that you're looking for. 
Okay, so so Carolyn says, yes, we both said this. We don't want to worry our animals. Mm, yeah. I don't want to worry our animals. Yeah, well, like, you know, well, classic example with Al being lame, you know, when you're standing there and you're trying to talk to him, but you're worrying, you know, you don't want, you don't yeah. want to, I think that's what they mean is. Right. Um, well, let's, of, let's jump in. How about if I go through the steps and I lead you in one? Okay. Let me because, just read this last comment. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, my time with the Reiki master proved that I have no skill. <laughs> this is Patty. Um, my conversation with my horse is always one way. I talk to him. I try to listen. And what I get from him is what comes from me, not him. I'd love to know what he really thinks when he really hurts, but I don't. Okay. And, okay. and Karen says, it seems like trying too hard gets in the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rhonda says, emptying my mind tends to make me a little insecure. Oh, okay. Yes. That peace and quiet can be unnerving. Yeah. I get that. Um your Reiki master, your time there proved you have no skill. Um, that's one of those things you'll have to let go of, right? We all have to let go of performance anxiety. We have to let go of people telling us this is woo woo or crazy. There's so many things we have to let go of to come into the present moment. So let's, let me um, run you through this. And Laura's going to put me on the spot here to try and talk to my animal with you guys. Okay. Just <laughs> and to give Wendy credit for being brave, we are going to speak to her cat who had, she just found way down the road um, where it's dangerous. So we want to ask him not to do that. And it is always harder to talk to your own animal, but that's a great, I'm just glad you're willing to try because I'll be able to lead you through some of the quieting of the mind first, the emptying out the thoughts because it's your own animal. It's really important. Can we give right. you a little background on Buster before we get started? Go right ahead. Okay, so um, a little over three years ago, Brad and I adopted a brother, sister, Buster and Lily. They had been feral, so their ears are tipped, adopted by a woman, and then she had a stroke and died, and they wound up back in this, in this um, private facility in a cat house where they had to the run of the place um, from February till November when we adopted them. So we brought the two of them home. Buster would not talk to us. He used his claws to communicate everything, including everything, um, in, out, food, up, down, climbing the walls and Lily was terrified. And so she hid. Um, but um, Laura talked to them about a year. I, I, I'm not sure, maybe it was six months later or something because using his claws to communicate was really rough on our house. Um, and so she asked him if he could either rub on my leg or talk. And he hadn't, he didn't use his voice at all at that point. Um, and so he did, he would rub on my leg and that would mean I, I could let him out rather than him clawing on our furniture, which he still does a little bit. It's so much better. So anyway, he's, he's kind of the, the boisterous boy. Um, he loves the outdoors. He brings us presents. And, um, one day he was going into the road and Laura, I, I think it was the same conversation. There's a hill as you come down to our driveway. So it's very dangerous to be out on the road going toward town because of this hill. And she asked him not to go there and we'd not seen him in the road. I mean, he basically went into the swampy area and basically we never saw him on the road until last night when I turned down my road and he was mm, um, many houses up the road heading to town. Um, and the problem is that you pop your door open, he climbs right in because he loves car rides and I gave him a ride home, but 
This is not, not safe to be wandering around on the streets of Little Washington. <laughs> That's right. And that brings up something. This is one of the reasons it's so important to start to pursue being able to do this for yourself. I'm saying this to our audience and to anyone watching the webinar later is that, you know, an animal communicator can come in like I did and talk to Buster, but old habits die hard. And so here he is, it, it held for a while. It's the same thing when you talk to a horse that cribs, I can talk to them and for three weeks they won't crib and the next time they get injured or uh, they have a, any kind of trauma, it, it, it reasserts itself as a, as a calming thing that they do for themselves. So being able to learn this skill you can reinforce things over and over as needed. So, all right. So let me just run through the steps that I'm gonna be leading you through and- Do uh, I need to go get pen and paper? Not at all. Okay, good. No, nope. I'm gonna lead you through the whole thing and everyone else can follow along and um, practice the steps as we go. Really taking this seriously means setting up your environment. You have privacy, no one's gonna interrupt you. You're not pressed for time and you have a pen and paper, very simple, uh, but no distractions. And then centering yourself, I'm gonna help you with getting yourself body and mind into a quiet, peaceful place. Making the connection uh, is a process I'll describe twice. Now it is important to start thinking about what you're gonna be doing. You're bringing your animal to mind. All that means is you have a picture, in your case of Buster, in your head, and then you're asking to be connected. Now, asking to be connected, I almost throw that photo right up to the universe and say, help me. Um, the reason for that is I think we have to remind our minds that there's something greater happening here. That it's not in charge of thinking, it's a letting go. It's just saying, I want more information than I can think up myself, okay? And then I'll ask you to go to a peaceful location in your mind's eye. That could be a beach. It could be in Little Washington, wherever you want to go. And you wait and observe until you feel or sense that animal coming closer. And then the next step is actually to say, hello, I'm here because I I'm learning, I'm practicing. I'm not, this, I'm not great at it. I still say that I'm a beginner please, will you help me have a communication with you to have a conversation? So I ask for permission. I'll wait for the answer. Now that might be a click, a sense of rightness, or Buster in this case may actually nod or you'll hear, yeah, mom, or you, something will happen. <laughs> and that's why I really ask people not to rush this because if you rush through all these making connection stages, it's harder to do the rest. The negotiating communication means that, let's say you you sense Buster very faintly in front of you. You wanna say, could you come closer? I'm having trouble being sure you're there. Um, I can't hear anything in my head. I can't see anything in my mind's eye. Whatever you wanna experience that you're not experiencing, you can ask for, okay? And you can also say, can, I, can you hear me? Do you know I'm here? Anything that helps you all of a sudden feel slightly like locked in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, then I'm gonna talk you through the communication. The thing we're gonna do because we have an agenda with Buster 
I always start with what would you like to tell me? Because it's out of respect that we don't just go, don't you go in the road. And that's like our, you know, one statement. So you're going to listen, then you're going to send your concerns, your reasons. Um, when we talk about asking, I think it's very effective just to think your question in your head. Okay. It could even be as simple as a question mark. You just sort of send that feeling of what would you like to say it can be very open mind, open ended. But when I say sending messages, you may in this case want to show Buster that cars can be very dangerous and you could play a little movie in your head that you're sort of sending to him. That's of the dark, it's of the cars, it's of, it's too, it, you could get really hurt. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you could also show him the safety of the places you want him to be. But I would say pictures, video in your mind is sometimes better than words. Okay. That part of the communication. We're not gonna do a body scan today. And then the disconnecting is very important as well because you wanna send love and thanks, even if you're not sure how effective the communication was because oftentimes you will be doubting yourself, but that animal actually got a lot out of it. So you wanna finish with love, with thank you, say it's time to go. You are gonna um, ask the greater good, please disconnect me from this animal. And it's very important during this goodbye period that you are making sure the animal is no longer feeling close to you. So you either see them walk away, if you're a visual mind's eye person, or you feel their presence moving off. And the reason I write everything, I have write everything down written here is because it's very much like a dream. So you feel when you first come out of it, I've got it, I know what happened. And then you go to do something, someone talks to you and you will forget the nuances and the detail. So, so someone's asked in your experience, can everyone do this? Or are there some people that are hopeless? And Patty, I really hope you don't think you're hopeless. <laughs> um, I run into people who say, I wanna do it, but I don't have the time. I would say that really busy people who sort of give it a few minutes here or a few minutes there, that's just not gonna work. So there, there's, but I, I have never met a person who made the time to practice that couldn't do it. Okay. To some degree, to some degree, enough. Enough to be able to um, get valuable information. And, and I do think that sometimes our expectation of what communication is going to be like is not necessarily what it's like. Yeah. Well, um, I think we want to talk about motivation. It's one thing if you're trying to earn a living doing it, then you need a certain level of proficiency that I don't think everyone can do. Right. But if you're in this to help your animals and to help your neighbors or your friends' animals, and you're just coming with an open heart to say, I'd like to help as many beings as I can, then that level of, of being able to get quiet and all of a sudden, do you remember that feeling you had where you were um, inside and you could tell your animal was thirsty? Oh, that was, yeah, that was um, in 90, 99. 
I mean, those kind of things, if you're that animal that's outside thirsty, that matters. If you have, have done enough so that you can lay quietly, um, ask the animal how they're feeling and all of a sudden have the sense, Ooh, you know, I can, I can see in my mind's eye that I'm drawn to the animal's back or the animal's right leg. Those that that's not fancy, but it's invaluable. I mean, it, it, it could save all this pain and worry. So I do think everyone can get to that. And, and there are different levels of responsive. In other words, I can so clearly, I have certain stories that have stuck in my head, but many, many years ago, I was asked to look at these two hunters and um, I suggested they use an animal communicator. And they said, the only thing the horse said is my hind feet hurt. And that was it. That was his level of conversation. And they checked it out and his feet were a problem. Um, but he, other, other people that I know, animals that I know are effusive. And so, you know, sometimes it's, it's not you, it's who you're talking to. (laughs) Absolutely. And sometimes you'll get, when I'm talking to a horse that's shy, taking the time to be patient, to listen, to have a short conversation, I will then get an email saying he's more expressive. He's more connected to me. So you, you can use that to help an animal almost change their personality. And then next time you go to talk to them, you get a little bit more and a little bit more. So um, these things are fluid. Yeah. It, and it's not dissimilar to people. Some people love to talk. Other people have a hard time expressing themselves. Some people just don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say to everybody that it is, it is coming up on January 1st. It's time to make a resolution and yours could be, I'm going to start practicing this skill. So let's get started. How about if I um, lead you okay. in a conversation with Buster? Okay. And, um, and you're going to you, join me with that, right? I can check on him. I will check on him. And, um, but, I, but, I, but I'm just going to lead you and then I'll check at the end. Okay. All right. Um, Buster's so I, thinking out. I would think he would talk to anybody that wants to talk to. So if anybody else wants, I mean, I'm sure they could ask if they can talk to him too. Yes, this this group. Um, maybe that's a better thing now that I think of it. Let's all talk to Buster. Can you put up a photo? Yeah, let me find one. They do that in my classes, and uh, Karen's got a good idea. You're going to have a picture. Thank okay. you, Karen. Let me let me find a good picture of Buster. And thank you. And Carrie, I do love Guinness. It is true. Some of the horses get really, some of the animals get really excited each time I show up because it's their time to really communicate and emote. Okay, so this picture is, (laughs) I I will show you. um, Just one. Just one. Well, this one's an early on picture, okay? This is when he, um, this is 2018. So this is when he first came, but it'll give everybody a really good idea about Buster. And the thing is, the timing of the photo does not matter. It's the being and the soul inside. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That's awesome. I think actually we can leave that up. Yeah. During this, it gives you a little bit of privacy and you're not, yeah, what a cutie. <laughs> um, okay. So as I said, do what you can so that you're not distracted. No one's going to interrupt you. You have a little bit of quiet. We are all going to talk to Buster. This will be fun because then everyone can say in the chat what they got. Yeah. 
And then when you're ready, it's, it's really important to have your body not be achy, acutely in pain. So the more that you can let your eyes close and then move yourself around so that your body feels quiet, even if you need to lay down to do it. Not you, Wendy. Yeah, I was going to say not me. <laughs> not you. But you know what I mean. You don't yep. want to be distracted by your body. So start taking a couple deep breaths. That's just a signal to yourself that you're going to pay attention to the rise and fall of your chest, your belly, your back. You can even concentrate on the feeling of the air coming in and out of your nose, going down your throat. Just bringing yourself to the present moment. And embarking on this in the spirit of fun, joy, connection. This isn't a test. There's no failure here. It's just a chance to let the present moment take over and all your concerns and worries go. You don't have to be right and you don't have to be good at this. Just have to be curious. And open to a little adventure of the heart. Wendy, the more you can just let yourself embark upon this as if you've never met Buster at all. There's no preconceived ideas. You're just letting your mind get really quiet. you inhale and just feel yourself expanding. And as you exhale, how it allows you to sink further into the chair or the couch. This is your time. your feet, the bottoms of your feet. Let your attention wander up to your knees. more and more present with your own self. Noticing your boundaries as you go up and feeling the edges of your shoulders.
feeling the weight of your hand. you're going to bring to mind that photo of Buster. Without any thoughts about Buster, you're just going to go up into the heavens and say, please connect me with Buster. I could really use your help. you're going to start to bring yourself to a peaceful location, such as a beach or the park or just somewhere where you feel safe and familiar with. Choose somewhere and then put yourself there so that if you're on a beach, you feel the sand under your toes. Perhaps there's a breeze or some sun on your face. Letting yourself feel as vividly there as possible. And you're going to ask for Buster to approach you. Just be completely patient. It doesn't matter if he shows or he doesn't show. This is just a time to practice and enjoy the feeling of welcoming Buster to you. Maybe that you feel or see him approaching from in front of you. Maybe that he just pops into your lap or comes around from the back. Just be open and patient and curious. sense him or not, just ask for him to come closer, to be more vivid, that you're new at this and you want as much help as possible. Even when you do feel him, ask for permission have a conversation and just negotiate until you feel a real click.
you feel your mind getting busy, just let it go. You can always come back to those thoughts later. You're just curious and peaceful. And now you're just asking Buster simply, is there anything you want me to know? Just a simple question mark. The answer is confusing or not loud. Just remember to keep asking for more clarity. Any clarification. At this point, this would be a good time to tell Buster that you're concerned about his going off the property and near the road. Almost feel your mind pushing that kind of information toward him in this peaceful location. As if you're watching the same movie, seeing the same images. This is also a time to sweeten the pot, maybe bribe a little bit, show him what you might do for him if he stays around, retreat or something good. Thank him for listening. Ask him if there's anything else you need to know because you're getting to the end of the conversation. you're going to just say a big thank you and a goodbye and ask him to walk away. But he can always communicate with you another time, but you have to go. 
You're also going to ask to be completely disconnected from Buster on a universal level. You don't want to carry that energy. You don't want to be getting messages after this time. What's really important is to be grateful to yourself at this moment for whatever experience you had just because you tried. You gave yourself a moment of quiet and peace. And then you're gonna start to once again, really focus on your breathing, committing to memory, whatever it is that you received for information. Nice deep breaths, just taking stock of how you feel now compared to when you started this exercise. Hopefully proud of yourself for taking this time, hopefully more peaceful. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And for those of you um, who have access to the chat, maybe you could let us know what you get. Or stop the share. Yeah. Thank you for being a guinea pig. Do you want to share with us before we get input from anybody else? What was yeah. that? As, a, as the host of the webinars, that's really hard to do. It's really hard. Yeah. Because you just feel like, you know, uh, that's hard. It's hard on a webinar to, to get into a quiet place like that, knowing. Yeah. It's like a um, little worried about Being it. Watched. And we do this in classes too on Zoom where then people can see you and that's just, it, it is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but it you went through all of the steps. So that's the good thing. So you could got, get feel the sequence that I think works the best. But did you, did you feel him at all? Oh yeah. I mean, he's a very present cat. <laughs> where he's did he, um, tell us just a little, give us a little narrative of what happened. Okay, so uh, he's, I mean, he was very ready to talk and was up, you know, we sit on the couch at night. So that's where I saw it. And, um, but, and the first thing, you know, when you said, you know, what do you want to tell us? He would like more food, but that is his modus operandi lately is he eats multiple times a day. We've had a little problem with throwing up, but he's been eating a lot late, you know, and the two of them, we have to dole it out because he sometimes can't he gorges and then we have a problem um but he, what i got if this makes any sense at all is that he he's lonely which yeah. is a weird um thing but what i do know is that there were there were cats in the in the two houses going toward the town there's the house right next to us he goes and visits fawn all the time he didn't mention her at all um and he'll go in her house and he'll go in her car. And then the house next to that was sold and he was looking forward to new neighbors, but we, but nobody's living in the house. And then the house next to that has a cat. Well, I haven't seen that cat lately. And the house next to that closer to the, to the town had a cat that beat everybody up, but that cat's moved. So um, what I got was he, he, he was lonely, which is kind of an odd thing since but maybe cat lonely. <laughs> um, so he was going looking for somebody. Yeah. 
Um, anyone else out there want to add to this before we continue to talk about it? All right, Laura, like got very warm, like he was rubbing on me. That's it. Yes, he stayed for a long time and I got very cold when he disconnected. He's He likes visiting other beings. Absolutely. Uh, he's very glad he's still living with his sister. Oh, that's cool. Because sometimes he like, uh, he chases her around. She's not sure she likes living with him. <laughs> uh, let's see. He's a very happy in general, right. man of the town, bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goes to town for fun. Fun. Maybe has a friend. We met Wendy's garden, love riding in the car. Yes, loves riding in the car. Might stick around more if there's more food, fun, and friend. Um, hey, this is great. This is great. You guys did a great job. Fun. He came up to my feet. I ran a video of how a truck barreling down the road. He crouched down in a ditch. There is a ditch. And I ran a video of Wendy's garden where he could stay and chase butterflies not this time of year and nibble on catnip. Also, Wendy gave him treats and talk, giving him treats. He loves his free dried chicken. Okay, so can, can we pause for a second? Cause Karen, she's got it going on because that's what I mean. You've got to show the bad, like this is what could happen to you. And then you got to show the why these are all the good things. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, he, I mean, he gets lots of treats but he would, he, you know, he's an endless treat cat. Um, I like what Kathy said too. I got the feeling from him. I he's kind of cocky. Like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rhonda, I'm with you there on the quieting mind part. Um, I know what I'm doing, and it's not dangerous. That, yeah, that could very well um, be be him. Um, and, and he's. Uh, oh, my brain went about 47 different places in the last 10 minutes. Not with Buster. <laughs> Maybe that. That's where I, that's where I start. That's very honest and brave, Patty. I appreciate you saying that. I, um, we'll talk about a quiet mind. Let's, we'll do that next. Go ahead. Buster is vibrant energy. He said to be, he said to be happy, loves to explore and will continue to do so would be a good teacher cat. Yeah. Um, and that's the, he is a very, I'm surprised he hasn't come downstairs to visit us. Uh, he's probably out, but, um, he's, he has he spends a lot of his time out during the day, but the, lately with the cooler weather, we've noticed that he's in more, which is, it seems quite unusual for him. Um, and we have a cat tower, which they could care less about all summer. And now they're up on the cat tower every night. Um, um, let's see, Janelle says, uh, are you a kitten now? No, I'm a big cat now. <laughs> I am brave. He showed himself striding boldly off the property. His name may have something to do with his acting boldly. That's how he got his name. Why are you going off the property is something different. No, no, nothing new, but he thinks it's important trying to show sister he's not afraid. And um, she's been more exploratory. She's actually been going down to the front of the yard and, and, and much, much more so than she ever used to. Um, to, and sit down in a storm. I said, I told him the pavement. Great. Under the so glad under. you guys followed along and did it too. That's yeah. Awesome. And that's actually a great idea that the pavement is danger. Um, uh, in terms of explaining where he can and cannot go. Yeah. Because it would be hard under his feet. So I also got that he was bored. I also got that he likes some cat up the hill. You know that there's something going on. He's he's met a friend. Um. But in terms of behavior change, it sounds like we've got it covered. Because yeah. So, so many people wait in and talk to him. So you'll have to give us an update. That's yeah. 
pavement. Well, and the thing is, you know, that's because of the way my house is situated, I don't see the road. So he could just catty corner through the back and wind up out on the road, which I'm, I'm thinking that's probably what he did. I don't think he went down our driveway and up. I think he went through the back and therefore missed the hill part at least, um, and then went out onto the road. But he was heading to town. It was very clear. <laughs> um, a couple things come to mind. One is, this is an example of how if you're gonna practice and you're practicing with an animal you don't know well, it's perfect. In this case, Wendy knows a lot about Buster. So do it with the owner so that you can get some validation. It's very hard to do in a vacuum. And the other thing is if you um, have a friend you could do it with, so let's say Wendy and I both talk to Buster together, we can compare notes. You could do that. Yeah. So if you have a buddy, you also can feel more confident and have more fun talking to an animal. You and don't know. Um, Sherry brought up playing in the woods, but what's happened on the back, the back side of my property uh, was a, a lot of brush and a field and they have torn out all the brush and put in a parking lot. Um, and so he's lost a lot of his, and they had a huge compost pile that is gone. So there was a lot of stuff just into the, just over our property line on the back for that where he used to hang out and exploring, go over and visit the gardeners and all, but that's all changed because they turned it into a parking lot. And so that actually, um, you know, the boredom could certainly be because all of that interest Literally, he would go over every day and go to the, I'd find him at the compost pile and I'd find him exploring all the plants and everything. And this was, it was probably 10 feet of bramble and brush that he could, yeah. put, you know, go and check. And it's all gone. They took it all. I want to highlight something that Shari just said, because she brought up woods and now they're not there, but mm -hmm. she noticed in him, see, it makes total sense. He seemed a bit perplexed by my question. This is an empty mind, right? So you might have an idea, aha, you know, I get a horse that says um, my back hurts and I think I show him a saddle and say, you need a, do you need a new saddle? And then you wait and say, and if he's like a saddle, no. Sometimes that means no one's even riding this horse. Do you see what I mean? So like, you wanna see the perplexity, you wanna see the animal's response. You're not just trying to hammer them with information. It's a, it's a two way street. So that's exciting, Shari, that you could see, feel um, that back. Linda, he doesn't chase his tail, but he does, uh, he's, this cat is so athletic. Um, he, he can scale just about anything. And, um, and he'll, unfortunately he started catching birds last year. So we haven't put out the bird seed, but um, the other one catches the butterflies. She's not very coordinated, but she will rip my plants apart to catch the butterflies. But Buster's incredibly athletic and incredibly um, agile. Uh, it, he's actually quite amazing. And so I, ha I hadn't thought about the fact that he really lost a lot of his entertainment in the backyard. Um, so let's spend, we just have a few more minutes, but should we spend it on quieting the mind? Because I think that's important. And anyone else bringing up any blockers that you want me to talk about or anything you want to share? So I, this, I can't believe we've gone through the hour so fast. Um, and Sherry says he's quite proud of himself. And he is, he, he's, he's, um, so we might have to, maybe if we actually put some bird seed out and kind of make the backyard more interesting again, that might help. Cause there's trees, but they're little baby trees. They, they haven't grown up enough to really provide the kind of cover he would really like to, yeah. to hide in. Um, but that actually, that, that actually makes me think that if we, you know, it's always a trade-off between birds and cats, but if I can keep the cat 
off the road by giving him some bird entertainment and we make they're pretty tall so he can't actually jump up and catch the birds um, he popped back in just now and said that he'd love that okay great yes <laughs> Thanks everybody for their help with Buster. That's the best. That's awesome because that was so, I mean, it's so out of character to find him on the road like that and so shocking. Um, So that was a perfect timing. It was. was. We got him some help. Yeah. I said to Wendy, this is life or death. We got to talk to Buster. Yeah. Um, But let's talk about quieting the mind because especially Wendy, for you and I professionally, I noticed I'm now spending a lot of time in orange because I've got a new horse, my first horse ever. And I'm, I go out and on the first day, I'm watching her with the trainer, right? I noticed I went with my full teacup with my busy mind. I'm watching her. I wasn't watching him. Even though I'm there to learn from him, I'm watching her go around. I'm thinking, is that a left stifle problem? What do I feel from her? What's she doing? Because that's what people call me in to do. Right? right. And you would go in and you'd watch her for her balance and for all the other information you could give because you have so much knowledge. Okay. But the knowledge, when we talk about quieting the mind, we know we can do that. We yeah. can take our knowledge 10 minutes later. But the thing that we don't have is this other sense, this knowledge that could inform us just as much as our eyes, just as much as our ears, right? And so why not use that too? Why not get all the information we can? And so quieting the mind is about humility, I think, sometimes. We think we know our animals. We think we know the breed. So someone can show you a picture of a collie and you'd say, oh, you know, they're this, they're that, or a hunting dog, whatever it would be, a lab. And our brain gets busy. Well, fine. It doesn't mean we're wrong, but it, it's not what we're there for. Mm. Right. You've just got to um, take that animal at face value, just like you. It's really important to do with people. Right. We don't want to characterize them when we're meeting them. We want to be open hearted and curious when we meet somebody and quiet so we can listen. So in some ways, everything that you're cultivating with people, you want to do in this practice also. So um, have you, do you know anything about heart math? You have talked to me about it. Yep. Dropping um, it to your heart. So, so heart math, the, the beauty of heart math is it, it has a biofeedback system Yeah. to help people. So one of the things, you know, we're talking about the busy mind and, and for those that have a hard time quieting their mind, the heart math uh, biofeedback system is actually quite a good system because it gives you sound and light it blinks different colors or it'll go different colors heart math rocks yes sherry um and so for people that have a really busy mind i would say check out heart math because i've i actually have gone back to it um just because it is so hectic and And you probably noticed in the exercise we did going back to your body getting quiet feeling your feet all of this also settles you. And in the mini course I did, I take people, um, what I have is like for people that need help quieting their mind, they can listen to something before. And one of them is um, just going back to all the different senses. Mm. Because the more you, so there's this time where just look around, notice your eyes, rock out everything else, then your ears, you know, and coming back to the breath in between. But what that does, everything that we can do to, 
to stop the noise, right. to get really still. Um, I have an exercise about quieting the body and that's all about, you know, bring yourself in, face whatever you're feeling. So if, if you're trying to talk to your animal and you've got a hurt shoulder, one of the things you want to do is bring yourself right to that. Notice it. How much does it hurt? Is there anything you can do to relieve it? If not, it, where is it between one and 10? It's a five. Okay, you've now attended to it. Now you can let your brain forget about it for a few minutes. Do you see what I mean? So right. it's all about, um, and I agree with you, the heart mass stuff is also good. Anything you can do to, to give yourself a break from the busyness. Yeah, and because I think that that's, if there was one thing that when people say, oh, I have trouble doing this, it's, it's getting to the, you have to reduce the effort. In other words, in the Feldenkrais community, we talk about reduction of effort. And as you reduce the effort, you increase the gain, you become more sensitive. And so the more busyness or noise or distraction or, you know, road, I always think of it as road noise, you're driving down the highway, there's so much road noise, you have to crank the volume on your radio. Mm -hmm. But the more road noise you can reduce, that's, you know, sounds in the house, that's distractions, that's children running around, that's car sounds, um, that even if it's helpful to have like a bit of white noise, sometimes to help reduce the other, you know, if you live in the city kind of thing, if you've got all the noises, sometimes white noise. But as you reduce the effort, you reduce the busyness around you, that's what allows you to be sensitive enough to tune into this stuff. And yeah. I think, you know, that's the, that for anyone who says, I have a hard time, I would say that that's probably the, the biggest block toward being able to make that connection. The other thing, okay, so this can get comical, but you, you get quiet in your mind, you ask to be connected and you wait and you say, oh, I don't see my animal. Well, I, it's not working. Um, I can't, ah, I can't do this. Out. And you fill in and all of a sudden it's like, well, of course you can't do it because you can't even, you can't even wait. And so it's, it's sometimes important to practice a bunch of times just that waiting. Right. Just go to a quiet place and look in, for me, it's the beach. I sit on a boulder on the beach, I wait. And then I can now, because I practiced, hey, I can wait forever. You know, you just watch the waves until something else happened. But that's something to cultivate because it's so peaceful at that moment when you can just be quiet and anticipate and feel curious. The other thing is when it's your own animal, I talk people through, you've really, one of the best things going back to your not so much effort is let yourself have your preconceptions first. So before you, ah. into, before you go into talking to Buster, right. think about, okay, these are my worries. This is what I know about them, blah, blah, blah. Let your mind do it and then go, okay, thank you. And now- In I'm other words, don't try to avoid it, embrace it, right. but then let it go. That's actually a really, that's such a good point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, because sometimes the harder you try to push them away, the louder they get. So if you yes. just give it some acknowledgement and say, let, you know, listen to your own concerns and then let them go. That's yeah. a great idea. Awesome. The other thing is you can be in the middle of an exercise. Like I just led, you can realize, oh my goodness, I just left my animal and went and thought of something else, right? You could, it's amazing how you can get distracted. Mm-hmm. Or you start thinking instead of listening, 
right? So you're connected to Buster, but then all of a sudden you're saying, oh, maybe I should be feeding him liver. Maybe I should give him kidneys, whatever. You know what I mean? And you're, you're like, where did I go in that conversation? It's not too late to just stop, pause, breathe, and listen again. So you don't have to start the whole exercise over. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. You can quiet it. You can come back. It's okay if you drift, you can come back. They're very forgiving. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I, I think that if we're honest with ourselves, that a lot of the conversations we have, we're, we're only partially there, right? We, we um, drift off or especially with our significant others, you know, how easy is it to like half listen to what they're saying or quarter listen to? Yeah. Now, one thing I would love to ask everybody, including you is, do you, did you feel better after? I've, I felt better after what re reading what everybody else got because everybody else supported me and telling them to stay off the road. <laughs> because the reason I asked that question is if you can do this practice in a way where you feel better after, you'll want to do it again. Yep. Kathleen said yes. And um, yeah. you and want to be kind to yourself. You want it to be rewarding. You want to feel like you uh, achieved something, even if it was just the practice. Because if you say, well, that was a waste of time or that was terrible or I didn't do good, you won't want to go back to it. And, and Sherry says, yeah, when I connect, I feel a surge in my heart and my eyes water and then I know I'm with them. It's awesome. Um, and it's so interesting because we all, um, even if I don't know for sure if it was close, again, it goes back to practice. You know, medicine is a practice. Feldenkrais is a practice. Surefoot is a practice. And what that means is, that you know, it's not something you're gonna master, it's something that you're gonna continually improve at doing. Um, and this is another one of those, it's not like you're gonna wake up one day and ta-da, you can talk to all the animals. It's a practice and as you hone that skill, and it's a skill, you get better and better at it. It's, um, yeah. Sounds. So we've done it, it's exciting. Hey really cool and i can't tell you how much i appreciate all of you helping me um tell buster that it's really not safe to go on the road that was such a disturbing place to find him but but sherry i i hadn't i mean i knew that they'd taken all the bushes away and the compost pile was one of his faves and he used to go over there and they had all kinds of plants and they had a couple of containers and he, that's where he'd spend time and now that's all gone so i have to give him some other um, enrichment, meaning birds. I think that'll work. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Buster does love his mommy. Yep. Um, so I will definitely, um, let inform Laura of, of the continuing story of Buster, but I think you guys, will, are I'll put it out on my Facebook group. Cause a lot of these people are with me on it's uh, friends of LP connection. Great. So I will, um, if you tell me, I'll tell them. Great, I will do that and we'll, we'll all keep Buster safe. That would be awesome. Yeah. And this has been really fun. Um, and it's so nice to do this like group support thing. <laughs> That's really cool. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, so you have a regular support group, right? Oh, I have um, a compost pile, yes. <laughs> that one was better, that one was bigger. <laughs> So I, yeah, I um, am not running classes at the moment because I'm living in orange with my horse spirit, but I will be starting up again. And that's what we do. We, um, I generally, we will all practice together on each other's animals so that 
um, everybody gets some feedback for their animals and everyone gets practice with animals they don't know. Because as you said, it is an easier way to get your feet wet and yes. to be confident. And then I also do the body scan because that's a very important thing that we didn't get to, but it's a way of, um, and at, honestly, um, at this point in my practice, veterinarians call me or have their clients call me because it's a, it's a way to get at those things that nobody can sort of figure out. And that's right. why I would say it's so valuable to, it's not a replacement for anything else. It's just an added level of information. Exactly. Um, and Patty, to find out more about HeartMath, you can go to heartmath.org. Um, I can't type tonight. Um, and they have, um, now they have it, actually it's now Bluetooth. Mine is wired on my phone, but you basically, you put on an ear clip and you breathe. It's a breath practice. And um, that helps you get into what's called coherence, meaning that your heart is now directing your mind instead of your busy mind running your heart. One of the things I found with heart math that was really the key is, is reducing the number of breaths per minute. That was actually fascinating because I've worked, I worked with it. I got to get back to it because once, since I went to Africa, I've kind of, everything's hasn't gotten back on track yet. But one of the things I noticed was that when I, and it's not being out of breath, it's not about being out of breath, but, but it has a pacer for your breathing. And as I increase the duration of each breath, what I found was I got into coherence faster and deeper. So we're right back to this whole thing of breath hooking up with uh, peacefulness and mindfulness and heart. Um, and so that, that was really fascinating. And I didn't realize it until I moved it up one more notch and then bingo, all of a sudden it was like, I could get into coherence super easy. Oh, that's that was the best. Just a fascinating little, oh yes, that book. I've read that book by, it's called Breath by James Nestor. Super, super interesting um, book and um I, I, as a result of that, I, I tape, I mouth tape every night um, to keep me from being a mouth breather at night, which really has improved. And it's, and, and Brad doesn't snore so much anymore either. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. But anything we can do to get quiet, right? It's all about getting peaceful and quiet. And we need that at this time on the planet anyway. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. With everything going on. So um so Laura, thank you so much. What's your website again? Uh, lpconnections.com. Okay. Um, and you can find uh, Laura's short course there and of course her Facebook group. Um, and it's always a pleasure to have you, Laura. This was really great. And um, some, maybe maybe one day you'll, you'll have some uh, video of your horse. I know. I know she's coming right along. I'm, I'm over the moon about it. And uh, thank you, Wendy, because again, I just want to remind everyone I, that you've got this new thing, the Patreon. Patreon. Yep. So and if you want to support the webinars with Wendy, um, there's a, a patron level of $5 a month to just um, kind of kind of keep it ticking along because my staff and I um, do wind up, especially like I said, sometimes we have to wrangle guests. <laughs> <laughs> You're easy. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for today. This was really, really fun. Really and, I, fun. I, and also my email, um, well, the website, you can email me from there. If you, 
leave today and still have more questions. If you got stuck, if if anything comes up in the future, I'm always available. You can just reach and me. and Patty, fear not. You can do this. You know, um, yeah. it, it's it's uh, you can do it. Trust, right? Trust. All right. All right. Well, Thanks, Laura. Great to see you. And thank you, everybody, for joining me. Have a wonderful Saturday evening and uh, a lovely rest of your weekend. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.